I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show News Talk 830 WCCO. And the thing that I love about what I do on a nightly basis, it's, it's not just a sports show. We talk about things that matter. We talk about improving people's lives. We talk about tough topics. We talk about anything that we want to talk about, right? One minute it's the Timberwolves or the Twins, or we're talking about what happened with George Floyd to what's happened nationally with gun violence. Everything is on the table here on The Lake Show. But one of the things that I enjoy doing is talking about when people are doing good or when people are doing great things, not just around the country, but in our community specifically. And I came across a story um, from WCCO Television about a gentleman that I actually know from high school days, uh, back when he was a top-notch wrestler at Minneapolis North High School by the name of uh, Bishop Larry Cook. And Bishop Cook is joining us ha- uh, joining us now via the John Schuster Cole Baker hotline. He is the um, – Bishop Cook is with Real Believers Faith Center – and he is doing some amazing work with his uh, wife, Sharon, not only at their church, but also just throughout the community and a new project and a new commitment that they've made to the folks in North Minneapolis. And I want to bring uh, Bishop Cook into the conversation. First off, uh, Bishop Larry Cook, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for uh, coming on the uh, the Lake Show here. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me, man. It's good to hear from you. Absolutely, and I still remember back in the day, man, you just, you know, putting it on everybody in, in the wrestling days. I know you still got some of those skills, but uh, but it's always yeah. it's always <laughs> it, it's always nice to catch up with good people here. And uh, I, I just, first off, I want to commend you and your wife on, on everything that you guys are doing in our community um, because it, it, it takes um, folks like yourself that are committed to building a better community and helping other people's lives become better for all of us to be in a better uh, place and situation. All right, so just to start, give my listening audience a little bit of background about Real Believers Faith Center and what you do. Man, uh, Real Believers Faith Center has been on the block right here in North Minneapolis for almost 25 years. It'll be 25 years in October. Uh, We are super excited. Um, We've been doing a work over here, and it's always been our mission, and um, it's always been on the forefront for us to impact the community. My wife has a dance school over here, Lazy Lake Petite School of Dance. It's been in operation for 25 years. The church has been here for a while. We got a uh, a lot going on here, man, with the youth and and with everybody in the city that needs a hand or needs help. You know, yeah. that's that's what we're doing. We're here to impact people, man. It's about the city. I love that, and, and that's not a flash in the pan. Twenty five years, man. That's a good run right there, and I and I I know that there's going to be many, many more. Um, one of the things that I saw in an up-to-date story with regards to Real Believers Faith Center is the fact that, look, it's not, um, it's not a secret that we have had issues with violence and specifically gun violence all across the metro, right? In St. Paul, in South Minneapolis, uh, I know that North Minneapolis, we get a lot of uh, media attention um, and, and not the good uh, kind with all this happened here the last couple of years. 
But with um, a lot of the the violence and some of the things that we want to to try to shore up, some of the things that we want to correct and, and try to get um, the resources out there for the young people that maybe that need a job, that want to get off the street, that want to do something productive with their lives. One of the things that you saw and your wife saw is that, look, there are certain pockets in our community where there are things that are happening that they're so negative we have to try to shut down that negativity so that our community can grow and love and blossom again. And one of those things was the fact that you saw at a gas station right next to your church that there was a lot of negative things happening and there were shootings that were happening and a lot of violence. And so for for you to be in a situation to want to try to uproot some of that violence and some of the shootings and stuff to happen – Talk to my listening audience about your thought process, what went into you actually going about the business of purchasing that gas station next to your church. Yeah, man, you know, this is kind of the uh, fruition of something that's been happening for a long time. Um, I know when when the manifestation pops, uh, you know, people say, man, what made you want to do that? Well, when we moved on the block back in 2000, I mean, not, oh, shoot, 98. When we moved back on the block at that time, I always thought it was very, uh, 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 very important that we had that gas station mm-hmm. before the remodel. We just thought, man, listen. Um, I told the church, I said, we're going to own that gas station. I said, we need to bring our range of our range of influence all the way out to the corner. I want to be seen on Broadway, and I want to be able to touch the people. And at that time, it was my heart's desire to be able to give people that are coming in transitioning out of the streets and different stuff like that, jobs. So I've always seen it as something to help people, to touch the community, and to give people jobs and to, to, you know, just kind of be a mentor and a a father figure in that way and show them there's another way to get it, there's another way to to live, there's another way to dominate in the city without doing uh, different stuff, you know. And so that was always our thought process. But, you know, over the years, stuff just got increasingly worse. We got a few bullet holes in, in the inside of the building that they came all the way through, but we got about 15 holes on the on that side of the building. You know, I just sit out there and count the bullet holes uh, because, you know, when you're in that kind of business, whatever the drama is that they have back and forth with each other, you know, it, it's, it ain't going to stay peaceful. It's going to get, it's going to get rowdy and stupid just like that. And so, you know, they start shooting at each other and they got, we got bullet holes flying. We got kids. You know, we got people, we got choir members in the building, leaving the building, and bullet holes is flying through the building. And it was just, you know, we were so glad that uh, that everything was in motion. And, you know, I mean, after that last shooting, we signed the papers to take over the gas station um, um, a week before. Uh, uh, we had the final agreement a day before the last shooting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we and then on November first we took over. Yeah. So it's been it's been a totally drastic you know change over here. It's, it's been wonderful. Talking to Bishop Larry Cook from Real Believers Faith Center here on the Lake Show on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. And you know something that I, I find just um is so interesting, man. And it's just just you being a man of faith. Um, cause I, I will see my brother, uh, Edron, uh, Williams, who I'm sure, you know, and, and, and Reverend Jerry McAfee and those guys, and they're, they're individuals, they're individuals that in the community, they are willing to, 
I don't want to say necessarily challenge young folk or, or people that are out there doing wrong, but 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 try to try to let those those individuals know that there's a better way. I'm sure that there are probably some tough conversations from time to time right there where your church is for you. I don't say confronting people um, of the drug trade or of the streets, but letting them know like this this just can't stand. Absolutely, you know one of the things you know we go I go into the prisons. And I and you know and and every once in a while you got to bury a young man that shouldn't be dead, and uh, that shouldn't have got killed. But you know the streets claim you. The streets claim you. You know you can't survive it. Eventually, it come back and claim those who participate in the streets. And uh, you know I was I was out one day and I because I always engage the guys when they're on the block. And it ain't always, hey man, what you doing? Stop what you're doing. Sometimes. You know, you know, I believe with love and kindness, like the Bible says, he's drawn us to him. And so, you know, I like to approach the guys and let them know that I'm here for them. Because, you know, first thing you got to know is that they can win. They're out there because they have no hope. They don't think they can win. Because the mentality of, of someone who's using drugs and the mentality of someone who's selling drugs is virtually almost the same. You know, they have no hope. And so uh, when I'm dealing with confronting those guys, it's it's not just about, you know, being a big man or coming out and saying, hey, man, you ain't going to do this on my block, even though sometimes that conversation is necessary. But the real deal is, and you got to be out there saying, hey, man, where do you, want, where do you really see your life? Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing this, bro, I know where you're going to end up. And that's what happened. We were in the back last, last summer, and there are guys out there just slanging, man, just dumping. And... um you know, and the kids were walking by and they were selling drugs just wide in the open, man. And I got so grieved and so angry um, that I went over um, and started talking to him. And it kind of got a little heated. And he said, man, well, if you want it, you want to want to stop us, then you buy the gas station. Mm. And I told him I will. Mm. And, that's, and that's exactly how it went down. And so, you know, we still see some of those guys on the block. We, they ain't got no confrontation for us and we ain't got none for them. I'm for them. I got, you know, you know, a third of my church in, in here come from come from the streets. I got guys that are doing incredibly well, man. They used to sell uh, all kinds of drugs. And, you know, they're the family men. They have their own businesses. They taxpayers. They own property, own their own homes. And uh, that's because of the work that we're doing here on 2010 Fremont, North Minneapolis, and now 1120 West Broadway at the Lions Den Station. The work continues. So yeah. it's it's what we do, man, and and, and you know it's it's a blessing to see those guys come in. It's you know I told somebody today, I said, man, it's it's like it's better than watching the Super Bowl when you can when you can watch a guy come in or watch somebody come in and watch their life change and they put on new uh, new uh, values and new principles in their life and they begin to work the things that they're taught, and then they they start to see the benefits, Mm -hmm. and their lives start to change, and they start to impact their family and their children. And, man, that is is one of the most sensational things uh, that I I believe that anybody could be a part of is making sure lives are transforming and impacting people because at the end of the day, uh, impacting people is really where it's at. 
You know, Bishop Cook almost slipped up and called you, you Larry, right there. <laughs> I almost went back it's in the day. It's all good, bro. I'm, I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still Larry, man. You know, it's all good. I still it's my all name, good. yes, sir. Hey, hey, I still, I still think about when, when you used to wrestle, man, and, and it was uh, who was who was a, a year under me. It was a ha- Hap Chicolas and and Mister Chicolas yeah, is one of the coaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's all love in the Polar family. But but look, I got I, right. I, I got to ask you this because. When I actually saw this story online and I read it in my head, I almost I I got to a point where I almost shed a tear. And I'm going to read it to you real quick. It says the cooks say they are also interested in purchasing more problem properties, including the nearby Winters gas station on West Broadway. And this is the reason why um, Bishop Cook, I, I got a little bit emotional is because. You know, as as a young kid growing up in the Lynn Park neighborhood and being right there, right on Lindale and Broadway, um, yes, I'm under I'm understanding of that particular intersection. Um, I've talked with Edrin uh, from Sanctuary so many times about that intersection, and the reason why it 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 is so is so close to my heart is because of all of the pain that I've seen come out of that specific gas station. There should never yeah. be in our community or anybody's community a gas station Absolutely. that is referred to as the murder station, the, the killing murder. station. Absolutely. Yeah, the murder station, the killing station. We should never have that. So so it was nice for me to be able to to talk briefly here at the station a few months back before Election Day with uh, Keith Ellison just about you know some of the stuff that was coming out of the investigation with all of that. But when I hear that you're interested, man, I, I guess – First, man, how real is that, man? Because that that makes me feel a certain way. Man, well, the you know the the interest is is very real. You know how you make it happen, that's another hurdle. But you know my my whole belief is anything can happen if you put your mind to it. Mm. And uh, my confession that I've been telling my people, you know, over the last, especially over the last six months, is man, we get up and we kill giants every day. So you know, it, you know, people thought we couldn't do this. You know, it's like, who are these people? Where'd they come from to do this? I'm like, well, we've been on the block, making investments into the block, making investments into the people. So anything, you know, you you meet the right people and everybody got the right agenda. It just takes it takes the cooperation of people with the right heart and the right agenda. and Anything can happen. Yeah. So, you know, that's always real for me. But I just believe as a, as as people in the community, this is my city, man. I was the first one out of my mom's eight children to be born here in Minneapolis. My mom came from the Pruitt Igo Projects in St. Louis, and if you ain't never heard of Pruitt Igo Projects, you need to Google it and see the devastation and the hardship. Uh, when we, my mom took us back there to visit when I was eight years old, I didn't believe people actually lived there. I said, people can't really live here, right, coming from Minneapolis in the 70s, man. It was the go to Pruitt Igo Projects was just amazing. Uh, it was devastating. It changed my whole p- perception on how people live. And so, man, you know, I'm I'm invested into my community. Uh, my mom brought us up here. We didn't have nothing, you know. Um, but, man, I'm invested in this community. I went to North High School. I went to school up the block, you know, Lindale and, and Broadway. You know, we went to Friedman's Shoe Store. I bought my first pair of shoes on my <laughs> own from Friedman. You know, my first pair of Stacey Adams. You know what I'm yep, saying? Yep, yep, I ordered, I ordered my North High Letterman's jacket out of there, out of Friedman's. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that whole area up there, man, that belongs to us, man. And, and it, I remember the first time I heard it called murder. I was like, what? They call yep. it the what? Yep. 
And, you know, it's almost like when they started calling it that, it's like more stuff kept increasing around that whole conversation about calling it murder. And it was just more murders. It's like we were, it was actually like we were speaking it more into existence. And I just got tired down here. I just, when it started to pick up activity down here at the at the gas station right next to my gas station, on my church's gas station, right next to uh, uh, Real Believers, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was like, no, no, this ain't going to turn into that. And so, you know, um, the ability to engage uh, the guys on the block, because, man, I care about them. And I want to see them. I don't want to see their lives lost. I'm telling you, there's nothing like being a black man going into Stillwater Prison, a maximum security prison, and going in there to speak. And there's a gymnasium full of guys that look like they could be your little brother. You're looking at them. You're like, you're old enough to be in here. And, man, the hopelessness is, is so dramatic and crazy, man. And then you start seeing people that you know, people that you went to school with. You know, it's like, whoa, what, this is where you've been? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's bananas, man. So we got we to gotta do what we can, and I really want to start affecting, you know, dealing with this, the generation that's coming up behind us because, man, if we don't touch them by the age of 11 and 12 years old, man, you know, by the time they're teenagers, they're into it. Yeah. You know, they're into it. And so uh, we are doing our best. Uh, we're not just selling gas. We're not just selling snacks and cookies. Man, we putting hope together for folks, and we want folks to come see us, come in the church and see what we're doing. We're teaching about home ownership. We're teaching about how to start your own business. We're teaching about how to sustain the LLC. We're teaching about, you know, how to make sure that you set your stuff up and set stuff up for your generations, for your children. We're teaching about that, and I'm watching it happen. So this just gives us more opportunity to touch people. People walk right up to us at the gas station, and they walk right up to the pumps, bro. We're able to touch them and pray for them. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm it's with just you. amazing. I'm with you. Hey, hey, Larry, I, I tell you, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Me and you definitely going to be chopping it up. We'll have to stay in touch. And, and when I think about our conversation, what you're doing and a lot of the community things that I try to do on a day-to-day, -day, um, we're doing it not just because of the people that we care about in this community, but we also do it for the brothers and sisters that are no longer with us. I think about my 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 my, my friend Pedro Ramos almost every Man. day. I think about Charles. Exactly. I think about Charles Jackson so many different times. I think about wow. Phil so many different times. These are all cats that you knew too. So yeah. so that's yeah, what we, we yeah. So 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 we here because um, people looked out for us, and now we're in a mode where we're looking out for the rest of the community. Absolutely, man. I remember that I was just looking. At, I got. I got Pedro's football pen. His, his locker was right next to mine, mm. you know. Yep. And uh, yep. I was just looking at that. I was like, man, you know, this stuff in inner cities, you know, we, we don't take care of the guys who have no hope. Yep. You know, they prey on people yep. who ain't in that life. Yep. So, yep. you know, we can't, turn, we can't turn our head and act like, you know, it like ain't it's important. it's all good. Yeah. That's what's all good. It don't affect me. It don't touch me. But then, you know. It, then it went, it reaches over and touches us. Then we trying to act like, you know, how this happened. Well, we've been ignoring it, man, turning our head, yep. saying it don't affect us, and that ain't cool. And we and we can't do that and expect to live in a decent society. It don't, it can't happen like it that. It don't work like that. That's Bishop Larry Cook from Real Believers Faith Center joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Uh, Bishop Cook, 
Always a pleasure, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. Man, talk. come by and see me anytime at the church, man. Absolutely. I'm always posted up. Absolutely. All right? All right. Take Much care. love. Thank you for having me on. All right, yep. Take care. Man, that was powerful. And you talk about somebody living it and doing the work every single day. And, yes, you heard the realness in those tears in his heart. Man, much respect to Bishop Cook. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll have a very, very quick and short segment here on The Late Show. Caught me eating a, a little bit of a biscuit here in the commercial break. You knew how long the break was? I know. I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming yeah. myself. You looked at me like I should have. No. I should have known. Okay. No, I, I, I didn't give you that look. Let me say this. Thanks so much again to Bishop Larry Cook for being on the show. That's a real dude right there. Yeah. That's a real dude right there, man. It's it's funny. Because, and I knew him back when. Yeah, yeah. That, well, back that, when he was the Brock Lesnar of Minneapolis North High School wrestling. Well, and that's what you were saying. Laying though, it down when you were when you were talking to him. And you know, sometimes in my position, you want to be you know on the clock. Things kind of have to you have to keep things in order. But then you you get these certain segments that just have this feel to it, and that had it. Like and and you could tell at the end when he started getting emotional, then you're like, okay, you got to let this ride. Like, yep. th- there's no way you can cut that off. And it was absolutely phenomenal Real conversation. Yeah, a- absolutely. Th- that's I- commitment to the work. Yeah, that ain't just that. That ain't just talking about. That's living it, man. That's somebody that's out there that cares, is passionate about that. Well, you could tell it like, everywhere. Yeah, and and I thank them. I just thank them for for coming on the show and talking. And he says, um, he says, he says, he says, thanks. He says, I'm super passionate about the work. Come see me anytime. And that's the thing, passion. There are some people you feel kind of go through the motion, but like every word that, every sentence and everything that he said that bled into another thought, it all had that one underlining thread of passion. Hey, for him to say to those that were selling drugs or doing destructive things in the community for him to say to them face to face, look, I will buy the the gas mm-hmm. station because what you're doing out here, you just can't do this, man. I mean, when they, when they gave like, him an like ultimatum, that, that's real talk. Ultimatum. That's real talk. They gave him an ultimatum. He's like, all right, I'll buy the gas station. That's real talk. I mean, how many times are you going to give somebody an ultimatum? And then they're like, all right, yep. you know, it's the ultimate put up or shut up. Right. And I give him credit, but like, that's a man, a character and that's somebody you want to follow. So yep. kudos to both you guys. All right, coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather, and then we'll get right into it. We got around the NFL. That's next here on The Lake Show. Hey, a little Biz Marquee in the place to be on the MIC on 830 WCCO. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Give me a record deal. <laughs> Janelle's looking to be like, you cannot rap, Henry Lake. Oh, man, but you know something I can do? I can talk about the National Football League, so let's go around the NFL. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were going to spit some more bars. Oh, no, I got no bars. You got no bars? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue my day job and just I'll let Jay-Z, I'll let Jay-Z do, do all the rapping. Him and Ice Cube and all those guys. Oh, uh, I thought you'd talk about Janelle, Jay-Z. Oh, oh, Get oh. it, Jay? I don't know if her last name starts with Z, but she could be her own Jay-Z. Oh, okay. See? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of rapping, is it a rap for Tom Brady 
because he dropped a couple F-bombs. Listen, he was asked about his future mm-hmm. on his Let's Go podcast by, G- by Jim Gray, who hosts it with him. Now, on the Let's Go, he asked him if he had a timetable for making a decision. He's now a free agent, Tampa Bay eliminated. Jim, if I knew what I was going to F and do, I'd have already F and done it. He said, Gray, I sense you're antagonized by the question. He appeared to lighten up, but I mean, is, is Tom Brady justified in dropping those? I mean, like a I don't week think after. That's the, I don't even think that that's the question. I don't think the question is whether he was justified. I think the question is, um, what does this say about where Tom Brady's at? I think it says that he doesn't know that there's a level of frustration in Tom Brady's life right now. But why do you snap at Jim Gray? Like, you know Jim Gray, out of anybody that's going to ask you the question, it's going to be the guy that does podcasts with you. Like, J- Jim Gray's going to ask you that question. Why do be- you snap at him? Because I think some of this could be a play-along. Oh, a bit? I mean, I, I don't... A little bit. Okay. We got Skip doing his thing. We got Stephen A. doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, Shannon doing we got his Shannon thing. doing his thing. <laughs> Everybody I mean, everybody's doing their thing. Hey, man, we need a bit. Well, you know what the bit for Mike McCarthy is? Running the stupidest damn play at the end of the year. Last year, it was like a screenplay when you needed to go down and score. I don't even know what they were doing when they lined up. I mean, what what happened to the Cowboys? Like the very last play of the year, Zeke gets blown up. That's how you're going to remember Zeke Elliott getting blown up. That was the dumbest play ever. I mean, I'm he like, stepped the ball. He's he's. Why do you have Zeke Elliott <laughs> hiking the foot? Like it was the way because I was because so remember they had the lineup right and then they yeah. said hold on we need to call a timeout <laughs> San Francisco called the timeout because they were like what's going on here yeah. and they, they said all right we're just gonna go out we're there. gonna do it again <laughs> so stupid oh man all right so tell him more oh man I don't know did you see the shade that the Dallas Cowboy Twitter account threw at Dak yes I did see oh that. man that's unnecessary I I thought it was uh, it's a team game it, it is a team game I'm not saying he played good because he did yeah. not. He well, did not. I, I want to ask you if the that, Tony Pollard injury really. Oh man, him. that that was a killer. Like he has surgery today. Yeah, I mean the like the, the high ankle and the. I hope that he's going to be okay because that was a gruesome injury. So let me ask you, as we're going to talk about the Cowboys, if Dak Prescott played for any other team, like people have this elevated view of Dak Prescott because he plays for the Cowboys, you put him in any other team. Do people look at him the same, or is he viewed as maybe a little bit higher quality quarterback because he plays for the Cowboys? Uh, Dak is viewed the way you view Dallas Cowboy quarterbacks. That's just how they're viewed. Because his stats, I mean, no, he's for, a good, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's, he's not elite. No, but 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 he is. Do we view him differently? I don't think that we necessarily do. I, I just think that's how that's how we view Dallas Cowboy quarterback. Well, I feel like they're they're always viewed a little bit higher. I mean, the number Kirk Cousins had better numbers than Dak Prescott did this year. This is the thing, though. Yeah. When you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, when you win, you get more praise. When you lose, you get mm-hmm. more criticism. That's just the way it is. Dak Prescott is treated the same as Tony Romo was treated. Same, I'm serious. Same Tony, numbers Tony, too. Tony Romo was 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 de- who did he date before he got before Candace? It was um, Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. I mean, this is how it is, man. Yeah. Dak isn't treated any. They they are treating Dak the same way they treated Tony. And who was before Tony? Was it Quincy Carter? Maybe. I can't even remember. Yeah. I, I 
I kind of forgot about that. Maybe Troy Aikman? All right. No, no, no. No, I'm kidding. So which team comes in this weekend with the most confidence? Cincinnati, Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Francisco. I think you can make the case for all of them. No. No? You, 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 you can make the case for all of them except for Kansas City. You can't make because of because Mahomes got the high angle sprain. I don't I don't think that there's a level of confidence there. Like like do you think that you can beat Cincinnati? Yes. But you're not overly confident. We don't know how his leg's going to react. But I mean you, you got to win out of him last week when he didn't have a chance to really But now it's swollen up. Now it's swollen up. But he's also got more rest. Let me ask you this, son. Mm, it's different, man. How, when you're in the game and, and it's it, it you get an injury like mm-hmm. that, you're run off of adrenaline and all yeah. that. So how concerned are you about this high ankle sprain for Hold on, you got to let me finish the first sorry, one. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. You said which team comes in with the most confidence? Yeah. I think that the team that comes in with the most confidence is Cincinnati. Yeah. Because they've won the last 3 times that they've played. Well, hold on. I don't think the Burrows lost against KC. No. And they're they call, ju- they're calling it Burrowhead. And where did they win last year? Kansas City. Where did they win this past week? Buffalo. Yeah, on the road. They're road yep. warriors. Yeah. I, I if if Joe Burrow's having a cigar right now. Yeah, he should. I, I I think right now that win over Buffalo. Maybe Josh Allen covered a lot of warts for Buffalo, but at the same time, yeah, I think Cincinnati like they had the perfect game plan against Buffalo in the snow. All right, so let's go back to that, Mahomes. How concerned are you about that high ankle sprain? I'm concerned because. They've already beaten you when you've been relatively healthy. And now you're going to face them with a banged-up quarterback. And I know it's Patrick Mahomes, and he's the best quarterback on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. But still, you're going to need him. So do I think he's going to play? Absolutely. What percentage is he going to be? And that's the thing. Is a compromised Patrick Mahomes... Better than Chad Henney at 100%? Yes. Can Kansas City win if Chad Henney is quarterback? (laughs) This may sound crazy. I actually think that Kansas City could win with Chad Henney. Okay. Not in a shootout. I'm talking about a close, like a defensive slugfest. You got to muck it up. Yes, you got to muck it up. And you got to lean on Pacheco. You got to lean on Jerick McKinnon. Mm -hmm. You got to lean on – you're not – you're not scoring 35 with yeah. with Chad Henney, no. And, and that's the pro. Like to me, I don't think in a shootout. Yeah, Chad Henney can't outscore Joe Burrow yeah, in that situation. Yeah, he's you, not that type. You of just dude. can't. All right. So at the end of the day, who wins? Who's going to uh, the the? Well, we can still say Super Bowl right now. We just can't say it in a, another week or so. But who's playing in that game in Scottsdale? You got to ask me that on Friday. I can't. I gotta. I gotta get more information on Patrick okay. Mahomes. Okay. Well, we will have. No, we got. We got time on Friday. No, it's a six thirty game on Friday. Oh, is it six thirty? Yeah, I can ask you tomorrow. Can I ask you tomorrow? We got hot stove tomorrow. Wow. All right. So answer the question now. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it. <laughs> I won't be able to see your tweets because Elon Musk screwed up my timeline. I can't what? see anybody's. Tw- well. Like, half the people that I follow on Twitter, I can't even see their tweets anymore. Just, just pay attention. Yeah? I'm going to put my notifications on for you. I mean, in, in a, 10 minutes from now, you could ask Matthew Collard what he thinks.
There you go. I'm going to ask Matthew Collar. He'll probably say, yeah, follow my Twitter at Matthew <laughs> Collar. Follow me on Twitter. All right, that's going to wrap up around the NFL really quickly. We'll do headlines. That's next year on The Lake Show. All right, let's dive quickly in the headlines because at the top of the hour, we will be checking in with who? Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. Talk some NFL. All right, let's get to it. H Lake 3M Maker Post-it Notes, Industrial Coatings and Ceramics is cutting about 2,500 manufacturing jobs worldwide as it looks to align itself with their adjusted production volumes. Uh, they say they saw losses due to significant slowing in China due to COVID-19-related disruptions. 3M is one of Minnesota's largest companies with 93,516 employees. Yeah, I hate this, man. I hate any of the headlines where we're seeing job losses. It, it's, it's. I mean, I, I get it, man. We're still in a very volatile time, but uh, nonetheless, it's um. You, you hate seeing it, especially when we're talking about a Minnesota company, too. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, a lawyer for former Vice President Mike Pence discovered about a dozen documents marked as classified at Pence's Indiana home last week. He's turned those classified records over to the FBI. Multiple sources familiar with the matter have said. Now, the FBI and the Justice Department National Security Division have launched a review of the documents and how they ended up in Pence's house in Indiana. Now, the classified documents were discovered at Pence's new home in Carmel, Indiana, by a lawyer for Pence in the wake of the revelations about classified material discovered in President Biden's private office. And residents, the discovery comes after Pence has repeatedly said he did not have any classified documents in his possession. I Look, I didn't talk about this at all last week. We didn't get to it. All, all of this stuff is this, President Biden, what, what are you doing? Seriously, like, like everybody should get some, 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 catch some grief. I'm sorry. Uh, Trump catches grief. Yeah. President Biden, you're catching grief. Mike Pence, you catching grief. Now, do I think there are levels to this in terms of like. I think you treat them differently. Yes, they all yes. Grief. No, no question. They're not all equal. No, they're no, not. They're, they're not. We're, I'm not going to play that game. Yeah. But come on now. Yeah. What the hell is going on here? Who else has got him? <laughs> President I mean, Biden, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. Because he, he, he had him from when he was vice president, right? Yeah. And same thing with Pence. Yeah. And <laughs> Trump took him home because he liked these manila folders. He thinks that they're cool keepsakes. <laughs> you know what? If you go to the Louvre, you take the frame. You don't take the art because it's cool. I mean, come on. And finally, everybody's going woke nowadays. And after causing an outrage, what making over the green M&Ms and launching a special bag. I don't even know what woke means. Uh, the people that scream woke, they don't know what woke means. I don't, well, I don't know what woke means, but apparently uh, you can't. M&Ms be, are too woke. M- M&Ms is too woke, yes. So the chocolate-covered candies, no more of the animated chocolate uh, things that you have on the television. Maya Rudolph is their new spokesperson. <laughs> Uh, these people, man, that are out here calling people snowflakes, but they think that M&Ms are too woke? Oh, my God. Dude, we're offended by candy now. What is woke? No one still has no way of describing what woke actually Stay is. woke, but I love naps. Stay woke. Woke. You're mad at chocolate. Well, the Minnesota Vikings are not woke. They've been done for the last couple of weeks. Let's talk National Football League. What does Matthew Collins think of the championship games? We'll talk to him next.